Hey, family, welcome to the Terry and Jesse show. I'm here in studio. I'm here in um, headquarters, West Covina, uh, home of VMPR.org. I am uh, from here, from the great state of, uh, I'm in the great state of California. You know, there's a lot of great Catholics here. I think that's why God has spared this state from judgment is because you've got so many dedicated, holy, serious, pious Catholics in the state of California. In fact, something very interesting to show you how... To show you how Catholic California is, and maybe we could remind Mr. Newsom, Gavin Newsom, about that. All the major cities in this state are named after Catholic saints. Think about that. San Fernando, San Bernardino, San Diego, San Juan Crisostomo, uh, <clears throat> Sacramento, uh, Santa Monica. I mean, we did, our freeways, our rivers, Everything in California demonstrates the evidence that it was founded and evangelized and colonized by Western civilization, which is Roman Catholic culture. All of California belongs to Christ. And I'm here in California this weekend. We're, uh, it's, the night, it's the day before the... The Spiritual Warfare Conference, which will be held in Pomona, California. For those of you that still want to attend the Spiritual Warfare Conference, you can do so from home. You don't have to travel over here. Save the plane ticket, save, the ho save your hotel cost. All you have to do is go to vmpr.org, sign up, click on the link, pay a small fee, and you can watch the Spiritual Warfare Conference with Bishop Strickland, Father Chad Ripperger, and his team, Kyle Clement, Dr. Dan Schneider. You can watch it for the privacy of your own home. You don't have to go anywhere. And guess what? When you watch something live, you know, once, you're, once you leave, you forget half of what you listen to. You can own these recordings. You'll own these recordings forever. You can watch them over and over again. Show them to your Bible study group, to your Knights of Columbus, to your women's Bible study, to your, your, cat, your Catholic... Cursillo group, your Catholic Acts group. You can show this to your Catholic Men's Fellowship. You'll own these recordings on, on Catholic spiritual warfare forever. Hey, by the way, by the way, you can support our show. You can support the show by sharing the full link at vmpr.org. You can also find us on social media at VMP Radio, and our YouTube channel is called Full Sheet Ahead. You can share us with your friends and evangelize everybody that you love. Also want to remind you that the month of March is dedicated to St. Joseph, Terror of Demons. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons. Also, <clears throat> I've got a, a, a blog that I want to share with you. For those of you that want to sh demonstrate to people that the Catholic Church is the one true church, if you want to demonstrate to your friends, fallen away Catholic members, family members, that the Catholic Church is in fact the one true church of Jesus Christ, it's easy. If you go to my website, jesseromero.com, I've written several free PDF downloads specifically written for Protestants. These are Catholic facts 
that are extremely helpful to facilitate your conversation and helping somebody convert into the Catholic Church when they want to know the facts about the, the, the Catholic Church. Here are the here are the downloads, the free downloads that I have on my website, jesseromero.com. One, one of them is called uh, Jesse's Apologetic Question and Answer. I answer 300 of the most commonly asked questions by Protestants of Catholics. So it's a, it's a free ebook. It's called Jesse's Apologetic Question and Answer. It's free on my website. Free book. Also, I have another PDF file. It's called the, Church's, the, the True Church's Thermometer. It's a graph in a thermometer style showing when all the churches were born. And it shows a Catholic church at the very base of this thermometer. I also have another graph that's called, another PDF called the True Church's Graphs. These are graphs showing when the Catholic Church started historically. I have another one called the True Church Diagram. Same thing. Academic graphs showing when the origin of the church started in 33 AD. I also have another article it's a, that I saved. I've had it for about 25 years. It's called The True Church by Ann Landers. Rest in peace. She's passed away. She was a syndicated columnist. And you can have her article where she wrote that the Catholic Church is the one true church. And she's, by the way, she's not Catholic. There's another PDF file I have. It's called The True Church, Five Major Seeds. It shows the five original cities of Christianity. Jerusalem, Rome, Antioch, um, Alexandria, and one more. Uh, there's one more. It'll come to me. I'll, I'll look at the graph. And also, I have one more PDF file for free. It's called Chur The True Church Versus Denominations. The True Church Versus Denominations. So if you want to see when all the denominations started, share that graph with people. Because once again, most people have never seen this evidence. Most people don't know that this evidence exists. So, just want to give that to you as a free download okay hey let's uh let me give you some soul food before we and then i'm going to give you some fulton sheen as well but today soul food friday the 24th speak lord your servants are listening gospel of john says jesus moved about within galilee he did not wish to travel in judea because of the jew the jews were trying to kill him but the Jewish Feast of Tabernacles was near. But when his brothers had gone up to the feast, he himself also went up, not openly, but as it were, in secret. Some of the inhabitants of Jerusalem said, Is he not the one who, who are, they're trying to kill? And look, he is speaking openly, and they say nothing to him. Could the authorities have realized that he is the Christ? But we know where he is from. When the Christ comes, no one will know where he is from. So Jesus cried out in the temple area as he was teaching and said, You know me and also know where I am from. Yet, and I, yet I did not come on my own, but the one who sent me, whom you do not know, is true. I know him because I am from him and he sent me. So they tried to arrest him, but no one laid a hand upon him because his hour had not yet come. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So how do we truly get to know Jesus Christ? Only the Father can reveal that to you. Jesus Christ says, the Father reveals me to you. 
But the unbelieving Jews, they, they hardened their heart and disregarded the re revelation of Jesus Christ by God the Father. And so Jesus Christ tells them that you don't know God the Father because if you reject me, you don't know the Father. And again, they tried to arrest him, but he, it says, but, but no one laid a hand upon him because his hour had not yet come. Who knows what he did? He may have just disappeared. He may have walked right past them like in, in a ghost, in a phantasm-like state. He's God. He can do anything. They couldn't arrest him. That's the point. Because his time was not yet here. What time were we talking about? The time of his passion and death on the cross was not yet here. Hey, I want to talk a little bit about Fulton Sheen. If, uh, if Mr. Mr. Engineer can sound the train, I want Fulton Sheen to come up and give us a reflection for today. Bishop Sheen talks about <clears throat> the judgment of the thieves. Here is what Archbishop Sheen says <clears throat> today. The judgment of the thieves. He says, quote, Note that all are sinners, as the two revolutionaries or thieves were both sinners. They both blasphemed when they began. There was no difference between them. Then one of them responded to grace, and the other interpreted the power of God as doing something good for himself. And so he said, If you're the Son of Man, save yourself and save us. That's all God is for. What would he have done with his life had, had it been given to him? He would have gone on with the dirty business of being a thief, of thieving. So on the last day, there will be the good on the right and the bad on the left. This is judgment in its prologue. In other words, what happened to St. Dismas and Gestus on the cross, that's the beginning of of the judgment of the world. That's the way it will end. Those on the right will be saved, the sheep. Those on the left, the goats, will be damned. Today's responsorial psalm, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. The Lord confronts the evildoers to, to, to destroy remembrance of them from the earth. When the just cry out, the Lord hears them. And from all their distress, He rescues them. The Lord is close to to the broken hearted. Thank you, Jesus. I want to talk on the next segment about the war against the world. We find ourselves right now in a war. And I want to talk to you about this present war that we find ourselves in as Roman Catholic Christians. Then I got a special guest. I got a young adult. I'm always fascinated with young adults that have conversions to Christ because I remember when it happened to me 40 years ago. We're going to have Kevin Rorty from SocaCatholic.org. It's the Young Adult Postulate. SOCA stands for Soul of the Christian Apostle with Kevin Rorty. Nice in Denver, Colorado. A young adult Catholic that talks about the interior life. Stick around. We'll be right back. We are blessed by the best, and we want to tell the rest. This is the Terry and Jesse show. Terry's doing, you know, actually, Terry's on his way to the airport. I'm going to let you know what he's doing. He's on his way to the airport 
to pick up Bishop Joseph Strickland from Tyler, Texas, who's flying into Southern California, who's going to be our premier speaker that this weekend's spiritual warfare conference. Again, you can still sign up and watch this for free at home. You don't have to come over here and fight the traffic and fight the airports and, you know, and get a hotel and pay for your meals. Just go to vmpr.org, click on the link, sign up for a small fee, and you can buy the recording. It's going to be live streamed on vmpr.org. Live streamed. You can watch it from your big television screen in the comfort of your home with, your, the, with, the, with, the, uh, with the fireplace on in your chimney or the air conditioner, I don't know, wherever you live. And you can take a, grab you, you know, put a stool, put your feet up on the couch, get a paper and a pencil and just jot down notes and just take it all in. And then you can own the recording after for the rest of your life and share it with hundreds of people that need to hear about the basic, uh, the do's and don'ts on Catholic spiritual warfare. Before I talk about the war against the world, I want to just do, I'm going to surprise you. I'm going to do something in this show that I've never done. I'm going to pray in Aramaic, the Our Father. Here you go, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. The Our Father in Aramaic. Abun dimashmayo, nekwadash shmoktithe malkuthok, Newe sebionok aikano deshmayo oaf bar ohablan lahimo disinkunan yamono washboklan kaubain watohain aikano doaf hifnan shibaken lahayobain lota lanesiono ailo fasolan main bisho metul dilochi malkuzo ohailo oteshbo hitho el olam olmin amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. That was the most Powerful prayer given to us by Jesus Christ in the language of Jesus in Aramaic. Just a little treat for the audience. Okay. The war against the world. Theologians are calling for combat against secular globalism. You have patriotic, faith-filled, orthodox, conservative Catholics are speaking out against secularism and globalism at a conference in Spain. At the annual conference organized by the Association of Catholic propagandists Cardinal Gerhard Mueller the former prefect of the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith recently called out the radical gender ideology being imposed on Christian nations by secular globalists Cardinal Mueller says quote our body is part of our identity man is created in the unity of the spirit the soul the body God has created man and woman in his image this is the reality close quote Cardinal Mueller argued that the promotion of gender ideology is the beginning of a dictatorship, especially noting the role of the globalist European Union and secular state leaders in forcing this dictatorship on once Christian Europe, and he's speaking of the less leftist woke politicians. Cardinal Mueller, he declared, quote, I don't need these people, little philosophical qualification, People who have never read Aristotle want to say what I can or cannot say. Close quote. This reminds me of Pope Benedict's the 16th words where he said, Today there's another ferocious attack on Christian truth and morality. The dictatorship of relativism. So you got two great German prelates, Benedict, Pope Benedict the 16th, rest in peace, 
and Cardinal Gerhard Mueller saying the same thing. Because a lot of the problems stem from Germany today. <clears throat> the article says, Cardinal Mueller added that although leftist ideologues across Europe are pushing the transsexual, transsexual agenda, the government of Spain is worse. Last month, Spain's socialist government approved a radical new law allowing minors to legally change their gender with no psychological uh, supervision, treatment, or diagnosis. Another law in Spain passed the same day allows minors to obtain abortions without parental consent or notification. Guess what this is called, Catholics? This is called socialism. Socialism is the enemy of Catholicism. Socialist governments be begin acting like the parents of children. That's what socialist governments do. They think they're the mommies and daddies. So socialist governments begin usurping the responsibility of parents. Really, the definition of socialism is government ownership of all means of production. Socialism, the definition is government ownership of, by, of all means of production. And socialist governments, you see like in Spain and like in California, you'll see that you, they usurp the responsibility of parents, which goes against the fourth commandment. Nobody is superior to the responsibility of mom and dad over their children. Nobody. Not the schools, not the government, not city hall, not the governor's office. So another speaker at the conference was Dominican theologian Father Nelson Medina who addressed how Catholics should respond to the threat of globalism. <clears throat> the priest first differentiated between what he called secular globalism and the global, even cosmic globalism. Christian faith noting that secular globalism seeks to impose itself on the world, whereas in Christianity, Jesus calls us to take the gospel to all creation, to all the world. That's what I would call global evangelism. Cardinal Medina explained how secular globalism has come to exist. The first step, he said, was denigrating national identity. They want you to be ashamed of being what you are, Spanish, American, etc., European, for example, so that you accept the promise of coming to exist at a higher level, such as the expectations of the European Union. The second step to the secular globalism was the broadening and diluting of what it means to be religious. By diminishing the Catholic faith to merely being a nice person, this consists, the preset, of reducing religion of just being a bit of a good person, tolerant, and getting along with everyone. But when you banish yourself from your religion, you lose the capacity of conviction. And in order for the globalist agenda to emerge, Cardinal, Cardinal Medina pointed out, or Father Medina pointed out, excuse me, he's a priest, humanity must be perpetually bombarded with momentary, unfulfilling pleasures like pornography. Finally, this uh, Father Nelson Medina says, he said, the stage is set for globalist takeover when humanity embraces a warped vision of freedom. Father Medina says, it's the idea that you make yourself and you don't owe society anything beyond consensus, close quote. Father Medina said that the current transsexual crisis, which he referred to as, quote, Lego anthropology, close quote, is the perfect example of this. 
<clears throat> Father Medina then laid out four identifying characteristics of the secularist globalist methodology. The first characteristic is nations copying one another's laws, forming a sort of artificial legislative homogeny. Countries rush to copy the same liberal laws from each other. The second characteristic of the secular globalist methodology, Father Medina explains, is affiliating globalist political agendas such as abortion, homosexuality, the green movement with human rights. And whoever wants to oppose these social justice programs automatically remains as the bad guy and is disqualified right from the start to participate. The third characteristic of the secularist globalist methodology is domination through language. The impositions of language are, ease, are always impositions of thought. If the government can control your speech, they can control your thoughts. Whoever wants to force you to speak wants to force you to think. This is easily demonstrable in leftist terminology surrounding abortion, with child murder chambers being called clinics. No, they're not clinics. They're, they're mills. They're killing centers. They're meat factories. They're carnicerias. And the fourth characteristic of the secular globalist methodology, according to Father Medina, is the cancel culture. Whoever wants, wants to force you to speak wants to force you to think. That's what we have in America right now. The priests warn Catholics against trying to understand the evils of globalism without ever fighting against them or falling into apathy or a false sense of security. Believing time will heal all such evils. In fact, Father Medina argued that the evils will only grow worse with time. He pointed out, quote, we have seen in recent years that they always go beyond the limits we imagine, close quote. Finally, Father Medina offered a litany of ways Catholics should resist secular globalism and proclaim the gospel. He said, Catholics must be informed. Catholics must return to a healthy spirituality of militancy, realizing we're the church militant. Catholics must deeply understand the Christian life as a noble combat, be a joyful warrior. Catholics must renew family life. Catholics must get involved with their community and Catholics must be involved in parish catechesis. That's it. Remember, life is a battle. We're not going to get out of here without fighting. And we're not going to leave planet Earth without suffering, but just offer your sufferings to the Lord. We call that redemptive suffering. Your sufferings, when you don't offer, the, to, when you don't offer your sufferings to God, they're pointless. But when you offer your sufferings to God, your sufferings have merit. Because you're united with the sufferings of Christ. Romans 8.16 says, It is the Holy Spirit Himself bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with Jesus in order that we may also be glorified with Jesus. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us when in the eschaton. At the, at, the, at the general judgment. Matthew chapter 10, 38 to 39, our Lord says, and he who does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it and he who loses his life for my sake will find it, close quote. In other words, be a joyful warrior. Be a joyful warrior. 
because the facts are this world is controlled by the devil, but we're just passing through. We are joyful warriors. We're the church militant, and we have to live in a state of grace and get to the finish line. Persevere, brothers. Persevere to the end. Is the world controlled by the devil? That's what the Bible says in 1 John 5, 19. Quote, we know that we are of God, and the whole world is in the power of the evil one. John 12, 31. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the ruler of this world be cast out. Who's the ruler of this world? References to the, that's a reference of the devil. Hey, up next we have an interview with a with a young adult Catholic. I'm always impressed with young adults that really understand the meaning and purpose of life. Kevin Rorty from Denver, from the Diocese of Denver, Colorado. He'll be on talking about the interior life. Wow. <laughs> Pay attention. This is how you get to heaven. All about the interior life. Stick around with me right now. back to Terry and Jesse show. I am always impressed when I meet young adult Catholics that get it. They get it. Uh, I'm good friends with Joe Gallagher. We do a program. Uh, it's, a, it's a political program. It's the 501c4. It's called Catholics for Catholics. And uh, Joe Gallagher told me, Jess, you got to interview my friend Kevin Rorty. You're going to love this guy. He's a young guy like me, like, like Joe Gallagher. And he said, Jess, this guy is light years ahead of most Catholics. His, his big thing is the interior life. I said, what? I said, you got to introduce me to this guy. I want to have this guy in my show. So Kevin, welcome to the Terry and Jesse show. What's up, Jesse? Thank you very much for having me. It's an honor to be here. And uh, hopefully I can live up to what Joe said <laughs> <laughs> your uh, your apostle is called SokaCatholic.org. Soka, what does that stand for? It stands for Souls of the Christian Apostolate. Uh, it's based on the book, The Soul of the Apostolate. Are you familiar with that? I knew. I read that book 30 years ago when I was like your age. And I thought I was the only nerdy Catholic that read that book. Then I told my wife, I, I said, I'm going to ask Kevin. I bet he's read the book Soul of the Apostolate by 10. Uh, by who is it? Abbott? Yeah, well, Abbott who? who who's, the one that, who's the author again? Dom Chittard. I guess you're not that nerdy. Yeah, Dom Chittard. And yeah, when I heard you... <laughs> it talk, makes, it makes more than just uh, one of us is a nerd. Yeah, so there's two Catholic nerds. Well, there's probably more of us out there. But that oh, yeah. that book had a profound effect on me 30 years ago. And I said, sign me up, coach. I want to follow Jesus. And here, here's before, before I, we start the conversation. A lot of men are good at externals. Let's go to the gym. Let's go shooting. Let's go fishing. Let's go, the you know, run a 10K. Let's go lift weights. Guys are good at the externals, but we, we're not that good at, at the in, interior life, the interiority. And that's exactly how Satan is taking down men across this country because all men are worried about is their externals, my body, my looks, my, my biceps. But we're forgetting about the most important aspect of the human person, which is a soul. So let me ask you, Kevin, how did you personally, as a young man, come to live a more devout life? 
Well, growing up uh, as a, a typical Catholic in Colorado, I started living a very wayward lifestyle, went through public school all the way through 12th grade, and hit a crisis moment in my life where I was forced to go on this retreat, uh, and I had a real encounter with our Lord in the depths of prayer. I came to know he was really a living God, but that that feeling wasn't going to last, and I had to decide what direction my life was going to go from that point forward. And I, I ended up speaking with the priest who showed me another way, a path that wasn't the shallow way of the modern world, but was one of depth of interiority, where I would commit to daily prayer, daily mental prayer, meditation, sort of 20, 30 minutes in silence, conversing with God in my soul. And that set me on this trajectory where uh, after high school, I ended up going to discern a vocation with a religious order in France. They do the Dominican Rite. Um, and I received real formation uh, in the contemplative life of the church's tradition. And from that, I received this real sense of calling to go out and share that. So I certainly didn't have a call there, but their blessing I left. I joined Focus, a uh, fellowship of Catholic University students. So I was evangelizing college students. And while there, I realized that there was a need to fill this void that so many young people have today in our modern world of shallowness with depth. And so while I learned a lot of practicals and focus about getting people in the door, I saw a huge opportunity to share what I had received. I think some of the best formation you can get in the world today, uh, share that contemplative depth with uh, the next generation of Catholics. Kevin, it's interesting you say that because there's this one statement in the documents of Vatican II, I forget where off, off the top of my head right now, but it says that lay Catholics are called to be contemplatives in the modern world. So in the documents of Vatican II, it does call us to this interiority. And this is the word that's lost in modern in modernism, in woke Catholicism. This is something that's uh, a, a, a lot of modernist, woke Catholics, and there's a lot of them in our church, unfortunately. They live their life following their emotions, their, their appetites, and their passions. But that's a blueprint for burnout. That's a blueprint for failure. You won't follow Jesus Christ for too long if, if all you want to do is go from one emotional experience to another, you're going to suffer uh, burnout real quick. The only way you can sustain that marathon, that long journey, walking hand in hand with the Lord is through an interior life. And, and I think this is one of the biggest problems of the church today. What do you think? Yeah, well, I would say... We look at all the problems right now. We can complain all day. You know, you go to hang out with other devout Catholics, and a lot of times it's talking about all the negative things in the world today. Right? You look at abortion. You look at contraception. You look at all the, the family problems people have. Uh, then you look at 70% of Catholics don't believe in the real presence. For every one person that comes in the door, six feet, you say, oh, okay, all these problems. What's at the source of all this? At the end of the day, there's two realities where people end up for all these eternities, heaven or hell. And our Lord said that there is one thing necessary, one thing necessary. And, he, and the church's tradition has interpreted that to be uh, his life dwelling in us and investing in that life. So not only the capital of sanctifying grace is the indwelling of the Trinity, but investing that capital of grace where we come into contact with the living God, and that starts to flourish in everything that we do. That is totally missing when you look all the way on the left and all the way to the right, and everyone between in the church, 
that level of depth, it's just, it's such a low standard today. We're trying to just water things down, whereas what we need to do is elevate it to a much higher level, higher standard. Uh, and, and I think it's missing that interior life, um, especially when we're looking at how do we save souls and how do we build saints in the church of today and tomorrow. You know, it's interesting you talk about that because Our Lady of Fatima in 1917, most people don't pick up on this, but in the Fatima Peace Plan, she told us as one of the five things that lay people should do so we could stop wars and stop the spread of communism, the errors of Russia. She said, one of the things that we have to do in the five first Saturdays is also spend 15 minutes in meditation. So Our Lady of Fatima, people, it just goes... They say, okay, a daily rosary, you know, go to communion, go to uh, Holy Communion, go to Mass, go to confession. She also said on the five points, she said 15 minutes of meditation. This is outside the rosary as well, by the way. She said that. And so, again, uh, she's calling us back to what, once again, the soul of the apostolate, which is the interior life. So who came up with the name Soka and what is Soka's mission? Yeah, so uh, it was actually me and a friend who was the when we were coming up with ideas of what names should be. So I'll give him credit for that. Okay. okay. Uh, brother. Uh, but it, it comes from the book, The Soul of the Apostle. And it's really that the heart of the mission is to help the next generation of Catholics, all Catholics, but especially the next generation, to commit to the daily practice of meditation or what the tradition calls mental prayer. And so I'll just share a few quotes yeah. from what the saints you know, the experts really have to say about this. So first, what is mental prayer? St. Teresa of Avila defines mental prayer simply as a heart-to-heart conversation with a friend we know who loves us. Mm. That's Jesus Christ dwelling in our soul. So it's very simple. Like, that's at the heart of this. We could go into a few steps, you know, but any kind of method of mental prayer is all geared toward that context. Um, but without getting in the weeds of the details, I think it's important to recognize how important this is. So here's a few quotes from saints. So St. Alphonse de Grey says, mental prayer is morally necessary for the soul to enable it to persevere in itself in the grace of God. St. Teresa says that he who neglects mental prayer need not a devil to carry him to hell, but he brings himself there with his own hands. St. Alphonse says all saints became saints through mental prayer. And St. Teresa also says the devil knows he has lost the soul who perseveringly practices mental prayer. So these all emphasize, like, if you want to build saints, this is how you do it. And if you want to save your soul, this is what you do. And to your point about these other devotions, and all, I think if we understand that's for it's not just one devotion, but it's, this, should, it, this should pervade all the other spiritual, going to mass, everything else. We should think about who we are actually communicating with. Um, this quote from St. Alphonse really sums it up well. Over and above rosary, the little office of the virgin, fasting. Mental prayer is more effective because of its incompatibility with sin. The reason for this is that those in mortal sin can persevere in these other practices, but nobody can continue the practice of mental prayer in the state of mortal sin. He will either repent or quit the practice of mental prayer. So, you know, in Soka, we see it as if 1% of Catholics did this, the entire church in the whole world would be renewed. Everything would change. We're not even close to 1% of Catholics doing this. You know, Belief in the real presence would be rejuvenated. Uh, families would be restored. Reconciliation of, of broken ties and 
um, and true love of God and radical zeal, willingness to be martyred in the times to come. All of this, this is this is a, a source of all that. It, it, it bring life to everything else. That's why we emphasize this in our mission so much. Kevin, I got an assignment for you. You're going to write a letter to Pope Francis and the USCCB, and you're going to tell them everything that you just told me right now because I think somebody your age will carry a lot of weight. For you to say something like this, like what you're saying, putting pen to paper, I think your words will have a lot of gravitas because you're young and you get it. And they're going to say, hmm, maybe we, maybe this young man is speaking prophetically to us. Maybe there's something here. Uh, and so don't minimize what I'm telling you about writing a letter to the Pope and writing a letter to the USCCB. Seriously. I, I, I'll take that to heart. Uh, the, the problem is that oftentimes, we are, I think that it's a lot of young people do think this way. Um, you know, I, I've studied this stuff, so maybe I can speak a little more articulately than others, but a lot see the, the necessity of gravitas in the message of the faith, especially young people, and frankly, a lot of times it's watered down. Yeah, you're right. Hey, stick around, Kevin. We want to talk some more. Uh, you're on the Terry and Jesse Show. Kevin Rorty, we're talking about the interior life. This is fascinating. A young guy like this gets it. Pay attention. He'll be right back in a couple of minutes. Don't go anywhere. Terry and Jesse's show, talking about the interior life. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Talk about a young adult who gets it. Oh boy, this guy gets it. Kevin Rorty, he's uh he's he started an apostolate, Souls of the Christian Apostolate. It's called Soka. So, uh how how did you accomplish that goal? Uh personally, when you read the the, the book The Soul of the Apostolate, how did you personally accomplish it and what fruits have you seen in your life? Well, uh, it was really getting accountability to just develop the habit in the first place. I think that's the hardest part. You know, we complicate all these methods and things that we got to do, but just getting some accountability to say, okay, I'm going to do this every day. I'm going to set aside 30 minutes in the morning. It's going to be the first thing I do, and uh, I'm just going to do it every day. And, and after a few months, day to day, it didn't seem like a lot changed, but over three, six, nine months, you see your whole life from a different perspective. It's like you got your glasses that I was going cleaned off and now you see things from our pure lens, from our supernatural lens, from an eternal lens. And, uh, and so I had that accountability. Uh, and, and that's kind of what we try to do in SOCA is basically provide, that's, that's what I started by doing. SOCA is going out, we you know, had like 20 people. I was just giving accountability with this daily practice of mental prayer. Like that's what our aim was. And now it's kind of grown to the point where, you know, we have a whole kind of 12 steps. So you first just learn about it and you get some inspiration and then you find some others that are inspired by it and you get some accountability. And then, you know, then you start to try to incorporate the presence of God throughout your day. Um, that's kind of the process that I went through. and you kind of Kevin, what's your website? It's uh, SocaCatholic.org, S-O-C-A Catholic.org. So how would you explain just, you know, briefly say if you just encountered a stranger and he's asking you these questions about Catholicism and the interior life in one or two minutes, how would you explain the interior life and mental prayer to somebody, maybe a fallen away Catholic? Yeah, sure. That's a great question. Let me try to 
try to uh, practice because all of us have friends and family that are in that boat. I would say that we have to understand the core of what our faith is about. That ultimately, God became man to die for our sins so that, so that we can be forgiven uh, and, and go join him forever in heaven instead of being separated from him for all of That everything is not about this life. And heaven is sharing his life. And he gives us a seed of that life already in this life. He dwells in our souls, and that seed has to blossom. And the only way it can blossom is if we spend time investing in it by trying to communicate with him, listen to him, to speak with him. And that's what the interior life is all about. You know, where, where are your thoughts when you're alone in a room? Are they by yourself or the egotistical, you know, where are your thoughts? And, and are you spending set-aside time to converse with him, to be with him, uh, to listen to him and receive that strength? That's what mental prayer is. Uh, and that's why, you know, we started to mental. Kevin, so what will the future of the Catholic Church look like with this practice or without this practice? Give us two scenarios. Well, I think... Uh, the general trajectory of the church right now is that we're going to have a remnant. Uh, you, you talk to people, you know, a lot of dioceses, uh, they're closing churches left and right. There's not enough priests for the lady. The priests are getting burnt out. You know, uh, there's not a lot of evangelization going on. There's not a lot of prayer. There's not a lot of, a whole lot other than, you know, you're kind of dried up parish councils in a lot of places. Frankly. And, um, and so I think, when we look at all of that, there's either two routes we can go. Either it's going to be a really long, difficult time of trial, and there's going to be very few who remain, or there could be, while there may be persecution in the years to come, there could be a real renewal and flourishing uh, within the church, having recognized that our standard is way too low, and we need to instill this real sense that I have to be all in. I'm either all in or not in at all. And, and that would be the remnant space. We can, we can build up the remnant, those who really want to be all in, give them the resources, the path to be all in with the interior life. And that can be the new standard and it would be flourishing of families, of vocations, et cetera. Um, but we've got to be realistic about that standard. Kevin, one of the things I see that devil, the devil is doing, and it's very clear to me, is that he keeps people busy doing things that are just irrelevant. I mean, you have a lot of young people they can't even engage in conversations. You have a boyfriend and a girlfriend sitting across a table at, I don't know, at a burger joint, and they're both looking at their phones. They're not even talking, or even a husband and a wife, or even an entire family at Denny's. And so you have so many people that, I got to post, I got to post, I got to I gotta uh, see what they're saying. There's so many people that are just so connected to the world of technology that they're disconnected from God. Uh, these people will probably barely utter an Our Father and a Hail Mary throughout the day, much less engage in 30 minutes or 15 minutes of meditative prayer. I think the devil's strategies worked, worked quite well. Keep people busy, you know, being under Satan's yoke, doing things that are really irrelevant in, in the grand scheme of things. So what do you think, being a young person, you know, yeah, that, that's, that's your world, what do you think young people are searching for and what do you think young people need? Well, I think a lot of young people are stuck in the anxiety of nihilism, that life is meaningless, and they're trying to distract themselves with constant just filling themselves up with noise, with pleasure, um, with entertainment, 
and social gratification. And uh, there are some that realize how despairing their mindset and their lifestyle and the whole sense of purpose in life is. And those, they may have little moments of grace where they're open to hearing what their soul is really thirsting for. And, and that's where they recognize I need depth. I need something that fulfills my soul at its core, not just surface level stuff. Um, and I need to rectify my conscience. And that all points to contemplative depth coming into contact with the divine and, and transcendent. Um, and so I think that's a really important way we present the faith as this is the deep fulfillment your soul is searching for, Trinitarian transcendence that you can do if you, if you put in the effort, if you repent and you, you know, you, you put your life in order, um, you find a community that will give you some accountability. Um, there is amazing treasure in the Catholic tradition, what the saints and the mystics have, you know, um, given us, handed on to us, that can nourish your soul at its Wow, what a breath of fresh air hearing somebody like you talk like this. Uh, you you are uh, you're wise beyond your years, young man. So, what are your hopes for Soka this year and the coming years? Well, uh, it's been really just God's miraculous grace of what's happened. Like I said, it started out, you know, as a missionary on the ground, speaking souls. You know, who knows how who knew how long we do it? You know, six months basically being on the ground, no funding, just just trying to do it. And um, after we're on year five now, and seeing the fruits, it's been amazing. Like, you know, one young man, four years in, in the making, he started out in Alcoholics Anonymous, Sexaholics Anonymous. He had all these, you know, these issues, but he wanted to rectify his life. He just didn't know how, and he wasn't given that path in a lot of the church today, frankly. You know, it's his upbringing, unfortunately. And, um, you know, we've been working together for four years, and he's, he's developed from where he was to now living a life of mental prayer. Uh, he, he leads others. He got married. He has a kid. He now goes to a very reverent uh, parish now. He's got other uh, families, you know, that were also involved in Soka. One of them is now the godfather of his child. Um, and he says, you know, Kevin, I wish I could shout from the rooftop to all these other people that are were in the same position as me. You know, you could do all these other things that help on a natural level, you know. Uh, but if you spend time conversing with Christ daily, it will change everything. Because you'll see the reality of sin, and you'll see the reality of sanctifying grace and divine life, and that will give you desire to live a virtuous life. Uh, and so we've seen fruits like that. And we've seen, you know, we have an annual conference with a couple hundred young adults that come. Um, we've been really great. I know, you know Bishop Strickland as well. He's, he's joined our board and he comes out. He came for our conference this past year in Denver. He'll be coming out again this year, and um, we're really. Um, excited with we have a lot of opportunities you know we talk about followers online and stuff like that but we have a lot of people you know 500 people we're averaging a year to sign up and commit to prayer with us uh, mental prayer um, but we have the uh, the opportunity to really expand past the team of just me and basically two assistants to um, be a team that has like full uh, full capacity to expand and have thousands of people getting accountability with mental prayer. So we're kind of at this juncture where we can grow. Um, we just have to get things in place, get the support and uh, the people in place that can make that happen. How can people support uh, your apostolate? How, what, where, where's the website they can go to? Is there a place where they can donate? There, there's a donate link on the homepage. Again, it's uh, so 
catholic.org. There's a donation on the top there. Um, you know, anything, anything helps. Uh, you know, some people give monthly, some people give one time, some people meet with us, they get the formation, they can see what it's about. Um, really, anyone who's involved. So anybody can get involved, correct? Yep. And uh, any parting comments? Uh, you got about a minute. Any parting comments to invite young people to participate with SOCA? You got a minute. Go ahead. Uh, check out the conference. It's one of the most unique experiences in the world today. Hundreds of other young people who are devout trying to save their souls. Uh, that's super rare. Uh, and, and for everyone else, uh, I would just encourage you, you could die today, you could die tomorrow. Um, St. Teresa says, remember that you have one soul, that you have one life. There's one, one eternity. Um, and that you have to spend this life with that in mind. Um, if you do that, there's going to be many things you don't care about. But there should be one thing, and that's the interior life. So I encourage everyone to spend that time and consider getting some accountability with this daily practice. And you can learn more at our, at our page about it. Give us, give us the webpage one more time, Kevin. Uh, I wish I wish you Godspeed. I hope your apostolate just uh, uh, just uh, grows like, I mean, just like a raging forest across the world because what you're doing, you're tapping into the treasures of the Catholic faith and you're the right person to be able to parlay this information to your generation. Uh, your generation needs leaders and God has raised you up for such a time as this. Congratulations. We'll have you on again. God bless you, my brother. God bless you, Jesse. We're all glory to God. Amen. Thanks for coming on. You've been listening to Kevin Rorty uh, from uh, SoCal. Go to his webpage. Donate. This is a worthy cause. Tell your young adults, your teenagers, to go to his webpage and to access the information, to participate in his conference, to try, to try mental prayer. Exactly the, the, the treasures of the church that this young man is unleashing. Thank you very much. You've been listening to the Terry and Jesse show. That's a wrap. We'll see you next time. Same Christ time, same Christ channel. Remember, live in a state of sanctifying grace. Don't live in a state of mortal sin. Flee this corrupt generation. Pray the rosary every day. No excuses. No retreat. No resistance. No surrender. We've got to resist this culture of death. And we've got to be Joyful warriors. God bless you.